0: Imagine what it would be like if we were really curious about each other.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com, the podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational.
0: Now here's your host for this week, Chris Gamble.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Relational Spirituality Podcast. My name is Chris Gamble. I'm your host for this week's episode. And today, I am joined by one of my good friends, Joe Spicia, or Spixia, as Siri likes to pronounce his last name. This week, we are chatting around the theme of community. The book of the quarter at larger story is Real Church, and it talks about what really is church and community therein. And Joe has been somebody in my life that has been an instigator of meaningful community, almost just out of what seems like the overflow of his being. And so hopefully we can mine a little bit of his mind and dig into some of those stories and, and just see what God might have for us through this time. So I wanted to start off and give a little context. I met Joe about 20 years ago. I don't remember our specific meeting, but we met at a church that we were attending and did the youth group of through all of our high school years. And we also, for the latter part of my high school years, went to the same high school. And occasionally, and speaking of community, I'm a, a year older than Joe, so great ahead of him, but some of my guy friends from church as a part of what we just somehow fell into doing, we played poker many nights on the weekends through out high school. And Joe, I think you made it to the, some of those occasionally. Is that correct? Yeah. I've never won a dollar.
0: Won.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we don't condone gambling here anyway. So That is maybe a sign of your purity.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what it is.
1: And then Joe and I were actually roommates for a few years after college into our late 20s and, and early 30s. I would say that we refined each other into the godly men we are today, which helped us to meet our lovely wives. So, community is important because if you're single, it'll help refine you to meet. Your spouse. So, yeah. So, you know, Joe, as I mentioned, has helped form some communities. And I'm just going to briefly kind of touch on them here and, and hopefully we'll jump in a little bit de- deeper. But somewhere after college, around 2014, 2017 ish, Joe invited myself and a bunch of other mostly single folks to a thing we called cabin weekends, where we would run a cabin and, and just have meaningful community centered around, well, the, the, the thing that united us, our faith. And they were like at a lake or by a river and we'd go fishing and hang out. And it was really just a place that I felt like I belonged in my latter twenties. And so we had made such great memories and, and have such wonderful stories out of that. And then another place where really meaningful community happened was around the same time, Joe and I were looking to move into the downtown Atlanta area. And, and so he, myself and a few other guys ended up getting a house. And that was a place where for a number of years, We really got to spur one another on and be accountable and and just talk about what different seasons we were in, in our spiritual journeys. And then kind of became a place of a a community gathering where we'd have, you know, house parties, not like wild, crazy ones, but bonfires in the backyard. And, And then even in and around that time, we were part of a men's group that Joe also initiated and... That just took the whole community and spiritual formation and intentionality thing to a deeper level. So that's kind of why we're here, Joe, is to learn from the master. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really just glad you're here. And we've thought through some questions to talk about, and I'm looking forward to digging in with you. Anything you yeah. want to say or, or share after that long
0: intro? Yeah, I think so. So first off, I'm grateful to be on this podcast with you, Chris. And I actually call Chris, Crisp. I don't know why, but he calls me Joe Spixiae. I call him Chris Pff. This is like a lot of little consonants that get added in there at the end. So if you That's want to right. start calling him that, you're totally welcome to. Chris has, uh, like he's talking me up and all that stuff. But first, my first caveat is that I am, I feel like a complete newbie when it comes to these things. And I think part of that is actually because I've never done them just alone. And when I think about all those stories you're telling Chris and how we, how we, especially like moving into the house, Chris came to me and we met at little Osios in on how mill road in Atlanta. And he was like, I'm looking, looking for some guys to live with, but I'm not just looking for just a roommate situation. Like I want a community and like, I think there's an element of Chris bringing this intentionality to not just trying to live within a house, a place where you sleep and eat and all that stuff, but like an actual one an actual community of people that were intentional about pursuing their faith, pursuing friendship, pursuing community. So I think like there's something that we'll hopefully get into today. Just about, this isn't all on one person's shoulders to foster community. It, it is there is like an initial initiative that's taken by one or two people but what i think really leads to these things is is people realizing like i want this and let me find some other people who also want something we, we don't even have to have a name for it we just know there's something that we want and it, i hope it looks something like this and then that drives that's attractive and other people want to be a part of that and i was like yeah that sounds great like i want to figure this out. And I just knew a bunch of people who were kind of in a similar stage of life. And so there's, there's multiple like roles to be played in a healthy community. And I've really learned that in that, in this process of being friends with you, Chris, and then all the other guys that we've met and and lived life with, with along the way. So yes, I guess all that to say I'm grateful and I love talking about community. I love dreaming about it and also living it and i think that's probably the most important part of it. So yeah, looking forward to to the questions and what we're going to get into. Well, thanks for sharing that. And yeah, it isn't on
1: one person's shoulders and i'm glad you made that distinction. So well, jumping in, what is community and and maybe more specifically what's what would you say is meaningful,
0: effective Christian community. So I'm, I'm reading a, I've been reading a book right now with a group that I've been a part of with my church here in Marietta, Georgia. I've read it a couple times actually, and I really just have enjoyed the, the depth that it's been pulling out of me. It's called emotionally healthy spirituality. The author is Peter Schizero. and. He has a a couple quotes that I'll reference here, but this this one came to mind. He said, community is not just a group of people who agree with each other. It's a diverse group of individuals who are committed to loving and serving one another. And I think it's so easy to think about community as just like, what's fun? And who are the people that are like me that are going to just, we're just going to get along and have a good time together. And that's a beautiful thing too. That's just a base, very base level. And you know, it's, I, I've realized that like, that's not bad either because it does lead to this other thing, which is committing a commitment to loving and serving other people. But I guess the diversity of a group, as far as like, we just don't all agree on everything where we have conflict, like that's normal community. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy to shy away from that. And yeah, I just, I, I guess there's a lot of different definitions of what community is is and what it can look like but that's one that really that's one that really stood out to me and then i think another really big one for me is that community is a gift from god it is truly a gift of him inviting us into sanctification we're all born into a family which is like a type of community and you know, some of us aren't in that family for long and other ones have an amazing family that we're, that we're with for the rest of our lives. But God gifts us either that type of family or leads us into a, a family that allows us to see who we're meant to be. I think that for me has been what community is, is an opportunity and a gift to explore who God made me to be. And in that process of identifying that better and better as I get older and experience more community, I am able to do the same for other people. So it's this real back and forth. And it's this cycle of this really beautiful gift that the more we open ourselves up to other people, the more they're open to us and the more we grow closer to God. And and I think obviously there's all kinds of community, like you could have a really negative community too. And that's where I think the, the biblical version is, is something to strive for, a, a community that pursues the heart of God and allows God's heart to pursue them. And so it's just a it's just a process that I think of, of God making us more like him. He uses other people around us to do that, whether they're totally different than us or they're kind of similar in their backgrounds and their personalities. So there's a lot of thoughts there, but that's kind of my idea of community.
1: When you said community is a gift from God, I thought about how communities also a reflection of God, God being in community with himself. And so when we are fellowshipping and, you know, fellowship means a Christianese word for hanging out and having fun. But when we're enjoying one another, we're actually reflecting the joy that God has in himself. And it's on display through us. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some Larry Crab derived ideas that that I ascribe to. I, I also I also think community could be it is a label or a term that defines a group of people that are somehow interconnected. And so I'm in the community of Savannah, or the community of Wilshire Estates, and which sounds much more fancy than it is. And yet, I might not really know anybody all that well in my neighborhood community. And so, yeah, there is something about a, a biblical community that is worth digging into.
0: I'm, I'm going to throw out a couple quotes here. I had one more quote on this that is in line with what you're talking about, but it was another Pete Skizzaro quote from the book. He says, we can't grow in isolation. We need others to become who God has called us to be. And that was sort of what I was searching for is that community is a a catalyst for spiritual, emotional, mental growth. And it is God's gift to us in that way. So yeah, from like the biblical perspective, I personally see this as, as God's heart. Like you're saying, like this is what he's always lived in community. God never had isolation with the Trinity. And so I think his heart is just that his creations that are made like him, would also be in community as well. So like defining that through scripture, I- I'm curious what you think about that. Well, Hebrews 10, 25,
1: essentially don't forsake gathering together in Acts 2, 42 through 47 is probably worth reading. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I think this is one of the best pictures of the, the New Testament church that we have in description. A couple things that we can draw out of it. A biblical community is gathering. They are studying God's word. They're enjoying one another and And I think mixing in some food and, and prayer is an important part of a Christian community. and And then, yeah, the 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 don't forsake gathering, I think, is just a call to not to,
0: to not be isolated. I'm just thinking, okay, how does that look for our, like for where we are in this culture right now? And it can sometimes be difficult for me to like distill down like the church of acts to my life. But yeah, some of those takeaways, like get together and eat food together. Very, very basic things. But that's like the building block is like we all need certain things. So let's go do those things together. And then at the same time, there's a deeper element of prayer and singing worship and of being intentional about, about worshiping the Lord and about pursuing God together. And whether that's just like, hey, we're going to read scripture or we're going to talk about scripture that we don't understand and that we have problems with. I think those are, to me, that is, there's a really honest version of this for me. And it's like, I don't, I don't know that i am always there and ready to just say let's go do a service project for the lord today or whatever it is or maybe it doesn't feel like i'm hearing from the spirit or god maybe doesn't seem like he's talking to me but just being with other people and other believers like being with somebody like chris for me always in these settings was there was a conviction level of like oh my gosh there's like an intensity and a passion here and there's a newness to the perspectives of, of different members of the community that have always driven me closer to God, wanting to know God more, wanting to explore him more. And for me, that's sort of what this acts to 42 through 47 really looks like in my life is being around others and letting the Lord use them or letting him use me in moments where my faith is strong. Chris, I think you used an example of this in our, in our guys group at one point with an analogy of a fire and how some of us are really close to this fire and we kind of are warmed by it and we walk into a crowd where it's maybe colder and that warmth really reaches those people other christians maybe or maybe it's not christians but there's something attractive about that we want to be around the warmth and so i think trying to distill it down in my own experience and it's 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 often looked realistically like that yeah one thing I love about
1: you, Joe, is your humility and honesty, and and just even now, readily able to say. You know, when I picture community, sometimes it's not as perfectly as we see in the scripture here, and that is sort of my reality in my real life, and and it's everyone's, is mine too. Nobody's able to live out every time you get together, studying the word and prayer and, you know, singing songs. And I don't even know if it's necessarily saying that that has to be every time that you gather, but a picture of some amount of of their gatherings. So I wanted to just dig in on the same kind of theme about markers of biblical community and popping over to another scripture, James 5, 16, says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for one another so that you may be healed. And love this verse. It's it's a hard verse often because there can be just fear and shame associated with sins. And and even there's maybe so much cultural baggage around confession and why do I need to do that? And in, in a culture that often touts accomplishments and independence, but I think good communities are, are biblical communities are, are marked by the, the humility of confessing our sins. And and this scripture is telling us such that we may be healed even and you know the the it could mean a physical manifestation but i imagine on some level it's it's the release that comes from letting light shine on the dark places and in particular when you do that doing that as and Larry Krabbism, looking ugly in the face of love realizing that you still are loved even though you're showing something Ugly is is a healing thing.
0: Yeah, this is the verse that really takes community to not even the next level; it's the next level beyond that. Yeah, I think there is there's a bit of a cultural like stigma or something to to the even that word confess. Why do I need to confess? Let's let's talk about it from a human perspective of just being honest about where you are. Maybe you just are doubting God, or maybe you are struggling with some sort of sin that's more overt like maybe you're looking at pornography or whatever it is there's a tendency we all have to just hide that stuff to push it down and to keep moving like and i think that's part of our western culture for sure is let's just be productive let's just move through it let's not talk about it but god invites us into that and he does that through community and a lot of times like my idea of god has been shaped by seeing others confess and letting him letting me see people humbly stopping and saying, this is something I, I'm trying to hide from myself and from others and from God. And I, I need to let it out there. I need to bring it into the light. And it is, it's so refreshing, I think for me, at least to be a part of that, where you can be totally honest and like scary, honest, like you are taking a big risk by sharing something with other folks. And it is so rewarding to feel that moment of we love you. Like I love you, even though you have all these things and you have these doubts and that is God's heart. Like if that happens in community and I tell Chris something really hard that I'm going through and he accepts me and he loves me and he tells me he's going to pray for me and he wants to be there by my side. Like, that's powerful and that shapes my vision of who God is and how he stands for me. So this is, this is something that does take, I think like in a, in a person to person perspective, like it takes time to cultivate this, but it is so life-giving and so rewarding to be a part of a community that fosters uh, honesty and, and confession to one another. And it just makes you want to confess to God, like, because you know that he, is the only one that's capable of forgiving you, but also the one who loves you more than any, anybody else. So I like today I had a, a, a small group meeting with the guys group that I'm in. And we were talking about this weekend. I had a, a just had a tough struggle with my wife. Like we were having a a hard time and we've had a hard time, you know, at various points in our relationship and. One of them reached out to me and said, Hey, how can I pray for you? And I, I was sort of in this moment, like she was about to walk through the door. So I'm like, oh gosh, well, okay. I'm, I need to be humble. I need to be calm. I need to not be defensive, which is my tendency. And I need to be straightforward and honest and I need to listen. And literally they, they prayed for that. And that happened and there was just a real restoration for us. And and me and my wife. And there's something about that. Like that in itself is a confession, I think, because it'd be basically the way I'm thinking about confession is that if you would rather not tell other people about it, then and then you decide to tell them that's a confession, whether you're trying to hide something wrong that you did or just something that you're struggling with. So anyway, being able to submit that to other people and and to to dive into it, I think is an opportunity for god to answer the prayer in whatever way he wants to answer it but that's that's us depending on god and it takes humility and that's his gift to us but anyway obviously i'm kind of passionate about this this being open and honest about where you are with other people and knowing that that is something that can really bring us closer together but also bring us closer to our creator right yeah
1: when we are back at the question of what is community sort of three words we've added to our tagline for the relational spirituality podcast, belonging, being known and becoming. And I think one of the things about being, you know, being honest, right. Conf- confessing is, is it's how we are known in our good light, but also in our, you know, fallen humanity side. And how known are we if only the good side that we present of ourselves to others is held up? And that is all people see. I chatted a little bit on on my previous podcast about Brotherhood. And we chatted a bit about confession there. So if you want to get even more, check that one out. One of, one of the other markers of community, and, and we kind of touched on it even in Acts 2, but 1 Corinthians 14, 26. What, what then, brothers, when you come together, each one of you has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation. Let all things be done for the building up or the edification of the body. So I think edification is, is sort of a goal of community. I think one thing I extrapolate out of this verse is that there can be different gifts that members of the body have and that we bring into the community and that they are to be brought for the, the building up of, of all of us. And, and some of that is singing hymns, or we've had like poetry reading nights or just just reading nights together, L- lessons, like sharing teachings of what God has put in our hearts. So yeah. yeah, any thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I think about our guys group that we had, and we kind of rotated who facilitated the group. And like each time we gathered, somebody new took us through something that they were learning or scripture of some, some sort. And I think more than just, yeah, everyone's got to facilitate. That's the rules. I think what it did was it sort of helped us understand ourselves a little bit more as individuals too. Like, what is my gifting? I think a lot of people don't know that. And it is a great place to learn that in a safe community of other, other people to say like, yeah, you know what? I don't really know what my gift is. So I'm going to try and facilitate or lead a conversation, or I'm going to maybe do something creative or, and it, and it's a, it's a, it's a place to, yeah, be encouraged in those things. Like, man, you really brought that, like, that was really helpful. I really took a lot away from that. Like that, that's where you learn where that's, that's where you learn what your giftings are from the Lord is in that community. So it's okay to not come into it knowing like, what, what am I, what am I gifted with? Cause that's part of the process of just being with other Christians is like learning that about yourself, which is a, another gift really. Right. Yeah. And the acts to sort of, they they sold their possessions
1: such that they gave to everyone that had need it just makes me think about also the the marker of taking care of each other and serving one another. And to your point, It's as you are serving, you realize, hey, I've got a a gift for this hospitality thing or, man, a real passion for reaching our neighbors. So I think a great point to say that community is also just a, a place to learn what God's deposited in us in the way that we can serve and love each other as we seek to follow his commandment to serve and, and love each other. Well, j- just a couple other, there's, as you said kind of earlier, there's a ton of scripture on community, but First Thessalonians 5, 11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing. And Hebrews 10, 24, just before the one that says, don't forsake the gathering, says spur one another to love and good deeds.
0: Any other markers you want to share on? There's just so much. I feel like these are all tied together. You know, like there's, there is just so much commonality in each of these verses, but in encouraging one another, like it says in Thessalonians and building each other up, that ties, that really ties in with confession. You know, Mm -hmm. like if we're going to, be vulnerable and real. A, a way to encourage someone in that is by listening to them. It's by hearing them out. It's it's not trying to give them advice. It's being there for them and encouraging them that, hey, you're not alone in this. Like you're not the only one to struggle with this. You're not the only one to have these questions or whatever else it is. That's encouraging. It's not always just like you're a great singer. There's just so many elements of each of these verses that all just tie in together. And so I, I feel like a big part of it is just understanding God's heart and being in a, in a place with other people and letting that come out of you. And I, I guess that's one of those things that you you live and you, you see it happen, but that's kind of the, the mystery, I guess, of community is it's not there's not like a vision of community that is going to be accurate. There is one other quote from, I think it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer in Life Together. He said, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community, but Mm -hmm. the person who loves those around them will create community. And I think so. It's sometimes we can overcomplicate things and we can say, this is how it should be. And I need to make sure I line all these points up or whatever. And that's like, that's suffocating, you know, people don't need that to thrive they need someone to love them to thrive and to know that they're safe and loved and heard and listened to. So like, if, if in doubt simplify and just try and love the people that are around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a, that's a very, very broad point, obviously, but I think it can be easy to get lost in in the shuffle. So anyway, that's my two cents
1: on that. Well, makes me think of another, which is uh, admonishing one another or exhorting one another, which is like, Hey, and, at the end of James, even it says, if you see roughly your brother in error and correct them, you win your brother and and save his soul, so to speak. And not meaning you literally are saving him, but but delivering him from that sin. And so even there's a place for, you know, correcting in love. It, it, it is loving to say, hey, Joe, the the way you responded to your wife just then wasn't what i believe is how you actually feel about her and i can i am guilty of the same thing so many times but i'd encourage you and and there's such a delicate finesse to correcting each other and totally. like you said no no formula for how any of these line up or 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 lived out and loved your point about simplify
0: it by just trying to love so yeah even admonishing somebody is it comes with trust like to be able to do that for somebody to like say hey you're in the wrong here that that is earned you know and you earn that through loving somebody well, listening to them caring for them and they trust you so yeah all of that stuff really just comes back to the the simple point of 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 loving someone well and that is a good way to love someone is to correct them if they're wrong for sure it it's worth
1: noting why community is important other than in a christian sense it's biblical and god inspired and all the points that we just mentioned to be known and be loved but it's it's also just a place to exchange ideas If you're in a diverse community, exchange culture, learn, grow. And I think one of the main points that I wanted to make here is something you said early in our our conversation about how it helps us to become who God made us to be. And it's like kind of intuitive maybe to say that, but how does that actually happen just because you show up at community. And I think what's underneath that, how do you become who you were created to be in community, is that the community is reflecting back to you how they're experiencing you. So, you know, Joe, I, I experience you as somebody who has a gift for hospitality, a gift for allowing people to feel trusting of you and safe with you. And, and I think that reflection that the community offers back to us highlights and draws out things that maybe we weren't even able to see ourselves. And, and the self-awareness affords us the opportunity to, to cultivate those things or to change in the admonishing sense away from who is not our most truest self, which is the sin side of us to our
0: most truest self, which is the God honoring side of us. I've learned so much about, yeah, who I am and in, in community for sure. And who God has made me to be. And it's a, it, again, it's just a gift that you, I don't think it can get anywhere else. It's like a direct, a lot of, I mean, I'm not saying that people are God, but God speaks through people. And you can hear God's heart for you through people who are in your community. And there's discernment involved with that, of course, but like, it really does change how you see yourself to be a part of a a true community, a good community, a rich community where love is the baseline. And, And then also like in a very real way, there is opportunity with people you trust to say, Hey, how do you perceive me? <laughs> you know, like, and that's a really hard question to ask. And I've been just blown away by people who have actually asked that of mm-hmm. me. And I have such mad respect for people who are willing to do that because it's super vulnerable. But it also says, I trust you. You're a trustworthy person, Joe. And that means almost just as much in itself as whatever I would share with them. So yeah, super cool element of community. And so... Getting a little more practical,
1: how did these communities actually form? And particularly maybe as somebody that's been an instigator of community, what kind of thoughts do you have on that?
0: Well, so for me, it was kind of like, if I think back on the house thing, I think it was you who who said, I want to do this and I want to do this in this way. So and that really did inspire me and led me to, I think, take on more of that approach with my own desires of, of community in the future. And so with the guys group, I remember just feeling this like deep desire to be in, to be growing in my faith and this conviction that my faith was stagnating at that time. And I just, I I wanted, I wanted something, I wanted something more than what I had. And that, so first, I guess just listening to that voice, which I believe is, God saying, This is who I've made you to be. Like go out and pursue this. And then just reaching out to other people and being vulnerable. It's it was kind of scary. Sending I sent an email out to like 10 or 15 guys and just said, Hey, here's the thing. I I'm I'm feeling like isolated. I'm feeling like I'm not pursuing the Lord. I I I love you guys and I wanna I want to get to know you better. I want you to know me. Like is there anybody else who's feeling that way? And so it's, it's a, it is a vulnerable like thing to, to open that door. But like, at least in my situation, in that case, like it really paid off and it like really spoke to other people who are feeling the exact same way. So I think maybe that's just a, a constant desire that people have is, is community. They just need someone to start it. But that's that listening and then taking a step forward felt like the way that i've i've been able to sort of pursue community and and then it ends up being this colossal super meaningful thing in my life that i i I wouldn't trade for anything so it's totally worth the risk i guess is what i mean by that was that email to 10 or 15
1: people were those randos were those people that you had some depth of relationship with already a decent depth of relationship with already.
0: Yeah. So that, that's like, they're all people that I knew and people that I've, some of them known really well, some that I didn't know very well, but mostly we knew each other. But like, I would say that most of us had this fun element of, yeah, we love, we just love being around each other. And so it's, doesn't have to be like, this challenging, hard thing necessarily. I, I've got to like put myself through this hard situation in order for community to happen. Like it can start and it. I think in some ways it should start with, I just, I want to enjoy other people. And in this case, it was people who I already enjoyed. But even in that, it still can be scary. and And it was a little bit because you don't want to put yourself out there. And then everyone's like, nah, I don't really feel that I'm good or I'm too busy or whatever. And so, and that's part of my personality too, is I'm, I can be a people pleaser and I really want people to like me, to agree with me. Uh, it makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> so yeah, like anytime I do that, it is a risk for me, but thankfully these are all guys that I knew and, and, and they were on board as well. And I've said this,
1: maybe on another podcast can't remember that the the a currency of relationship is trust and that maybe there was like a trust coin out there that you had with some of those guys that you invited to cash in and say hey would you want to try this thing that may or may not fail and so it doesn't necessarily have to happen with that currency coin of trust but I think in church groups where communities formed, the there is maybe a, a trust currency with the organization forming it that kind of provides this stability for people who don't know each other that well to be able to have some level of safety or the right ingredients to step out and try something new like this that can be risky. And then I was wanted to also say that the, that email you casted a vision and, and something that I think helps create biblical communities is a, a shared vision for what this thing is that we're hoping to be a part of belong to. And ultimately journey spiritually together towards. And and then I remember in those early days, it ended up being like almost everybody you emailed showing up to the first meeting. And and in those first couple meetings, we did do some vision casting where we were like, what do we want this to be? How do we want to structure it? Do we want to go through a book? Do we want to go through some, sermon series and we somehow ended up on what you mentioned earlier having a different person bring the word so to speak each week and it was fun and 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 beautiful and different and we did that for what at least a couple years yeah meeting meeting every wednesday night
0: yeah yeah and like some with this group that i'm in now at my church they've the point of this group is to kind of train us in how to kind of have our own group that will lead and facilitate of, of other men. And one of the things that our leader said was, we encourage it's, it's a good thing to co-lead, or it's a good thing to find somebody else that you'd want to, to do this with. And I think like that is a, an approachable way. That's awesome. Like Mm -hmm. in something that maybe somebody might think I just need to do this on my own and I need to be the leader or there needs to be one leader. It doesn't have to look any certain way. And. There's a beauty to, like you said, having a shared vision where me and Chris just get together and we say, I don't know if I'm going to do this on my own, but like, are you interested in this? I trust you and I know you and let's, let's both talk about it and figure out, Hey, maybe let's, let's message some other guys that we know or whatever that looks like. But there's just all kinds of ways and none of them are the right way. And yeah, yeah. I really like that
1: point because Jesus sent the disciples out in groups of two. And again, I, I don't know that that has to be the, you know, mandated to do it that way, but, but there's, there is a sense of like accountability to staying true when, and, and one person not dominating. And when, when two people are kind of leading out in, in that and in it, and in fact, two is a community of two that you are wanting to invite more into in a sense. So kind of multifaceted.
0: Yeah, and, and like to, to some of the other points about what makes how, how it's formed, that shared vision obviously stands out. The Commitment is another piece that is tricky. I think that's, that's probably harder because you can't make people commit to something you can set up a structure and say, here's what we're going to do to, are we all good with that? But we found in like every group I've ever had or been a part of, there's, there's always people that will come sometimes and won't come other times. And maybe there's people who have bailed on groups in the past completely. And that is, that's just hard. That's hard to deal with. And it feels like your group's falling apart or your community doesn't have any structure to it. But it's a, it is such a balance to be found of just this openness to people have lives and right. they have their own things going on and their own agendas and priorities. and But also we need structure if we're going to like make this thing happen. And that's where I, I do feel like, like either it's co-leading or finding another group of guys or like maybe two or three other people who are kind of on the same page as you. Rather than saying, okay, I'm going to try and hold this thing together because that is like the burnout recipe for sure. And so I think if anything, it's more important to either your facilitator for a church. You said there's that structure there that's provided by your, your church or you're going into it with other, other people. So it's not just you trying to hold everything together. Right. Yeah. And to that point, I think the maybe
1: more biblical example or scriptural example, and I'll open to your thoughts on this, but is that 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 community exists within the context of a church such that the community is, is sort of subject to the leadership and oversight and mentorship and vision of something bigger than, than, than itself doesn't again always have to be that way. We had a wonderful community that was some guys that were all part of different churches, belonged to different churches coming together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess my my other like last point on how it's formed it just goes back to the the uh, the honesty and sort of a, sh- a shared struggle. A, a really good community doesn't have to necessarily be founded on here's the guy that's got it all down. And then here's the people who want to get it all down that are going to follow them. Like there, there's oftentimes, it seems like it's, it's almost the opposite. It's, I am struggling here and I need help and I need community and I need more of the Lord. And that in itself will bring people together. And then from there, it's just, maybe there's a common struggle or maybe there's like a, a group that, that forms to like help someone else. And that just leads to deeper community. And maybe it's not a formal thing. Maybe it's an unstructured community, but that's a, that's a good place to start too. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: To that honesty and shared struggle, where have you seen community in your life done effectively and maybe conversely done ineffectively
0: i guess there's there's been a lot of different versions of community give us the the juice you know what i mean the juice yeah those those raggedy institutions (laughs) (laughs) i think i think a lot of times where i felt like this doesn't feel like a good community to me it, it it feels like pressure there's a real strong pressure to be there and if you're not then maybe you shouldn't be a part of this group anymore or the rules win so if you don't follow all the rules then you're out or like what we talk about has to be confined to these certain things so again it's the structure versus the openness Mm. i feel like what has most often gone wrong in my situations of community is structure gets way more of a priority and there's just not any grace and like people don't want to be a part of that like it's just not fun and it's not it's not a picture of who God is and how he how he sees us so I would say those those are sort of the that's kind of like the main ineffective example and I don't I don't want to name like a particular group but I think we've all been a part of a group like that and effective I just I do feel like there's been so many versions of effective and but to me it comes down to are we talking about what's real here? Are we still enjoying each other? There's like a couple elements to it where it's, we're actually getting closer to each other in this process. So I would call our group one version. The guys group that we had was was a version of, man, this is cool from a time perspective. It's been a couple years and we're still meeting. How awesome is that? But also from like a depth perspective that we were able to get closer to each other and get closer to the Lord in the process and encourage each other. And all those things we already talked about. And then at the end to be able to celebrate and not be like, Oh, it's dead. We're not meeting anymore, man. God must be mad about this or there's something wrong with us. But to celebrate what God gave us in that period of time, I think is a sign that that was healthy. Like there was something effective about that. And then also like from a, from like the a, a church facilitated group or a church sponsored group, the structure there that feels effective is that I've walked away with a feeling of I'm cared for. I feel more known. I feel trusted that people want me to to be a part of this church on the whole, that they want me to lead in some sort of capacity. I, I think there's just, there's all kinds of different ways you can feel like it was effective, but really the ineffective sort of comes back to the overly structured I've led some
1: groups and I can have this tendency to like try to over control the outcome or want to make sure that everyone's sharing their story at some point or that everyone shares. Otherwise, you know, they're not being authentic. And I think, yeah, just that pressure is such a good word that, pressure that has to people have to be a certain way look a certain way and and the leader's temptation to control it can can quench the work of the spirit
0: yeah yeah definitely yeah i think that's a good that's a really good example and one other one is like do i feel listened to or are people just vying to talk get their point across and, and that's a hard balance because some people are talkers and some aren't. So I think it's uh, oftentimes and it does come down to the the facilitator or the leader and whether they're able to kind of navigate the different personalities in, in a group. And that's a really tough thing to do. And I've seen it done well and I've seen it done poorly. And I've probably been on both sides of that. So and then one the one last thing on that was is the I've been a part of a group that was what I would call transparent Mm -hmm. and transparent is like, that's great. It sounds like you're taking some risks, but really you're just saying what is sort of a fact or what is kind of easy versus vulnerability, which is really taking a risk by saying it. That to me is what brings things deeper. Transparency is just still surface level and sort of pretending like it's like you're like, this is really going deep. Right. Uh, and that's a tough thing to distinguish. And I think you can really only really only truly do that within yourself. But yeah, that's another one that is, I feel like is an ineffective, as a participant in a group, at least you can say like, yeah, I'm really not sharing. I'm really not letting people know me, even though I'm sort of sounding like I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another
1: one thought that comes to mind is, Asking questions and being curious, I think, are things that will draw out, creating a space to, to to feel heard, for people to be curious, but not necessarily leading so much as to where you think you want the conversation to go. For example, if you shared something and and instead of being curious and saying, can you share more about that, saying... Well, don't you think that made your wife feel? <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you're asking a question, but you're really just trying to make a point, and that's not curious.
0: Yeah, and it's not safe either, right? People, people will will sense that. Okay, I shouldn't share anymore because this is how it's getting dealt with. So yeah, that's it. That is a big one. Well, I think you're
1: somebody that makes people feel safe. I've seen people from all kinds of backgrounds and political beliefs and ideologies feel safe around you. And I, and I wanted to try to uncover what do you think it is, obviously the spirit in you and and love, but what do you think it is that offers that safe place to people?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so part of my, part of my background is that I have often felt unsafe. Mm. Uh, I felt like I need to, I need to prove myself. And I, so community for me was this sort of a safety net where probably to some unhealthy extent, I found my worth in, in community. But I think as, as like that's advanced as, as like, I've continued to really subject myself to other people and hear them take big risks with me. That's probably the the biggest part from a human to human perspective is somebody saying, I'm going to share something with you because I trust you. And maybe I didn't even really earn the trust, but like they were willing to go there that that helped me see what a catalyst for depth and richness and community with other people could be and i think i've really tried to foster that in myself too as a result like being being a safe person i think comes from feeling safe and and that's because other people have been that for me so it's it's something that just a byproduct of of being a part of community with people who are healthy <laughs> and 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 know that you can be trusted and they can be trusted, I think
1: judgment is something that is not safe and in judgment derived by thinking you're better than somebody else because they struggle with X and the reality is we all fall in short and we all sin and we're all capable. Probably, I I think this, I don't know if there's particular scripture behind it, but I think we're all capable of any sin given the right circumstances, whether it's, you know, intoxication or just desperation, you know, who knows what we would do. And And so we're not above any particular sin. And if we go into group community or we go into relating and we have this pride or we have this judgment that kills safety quickly. And so I think humility and lack of judgment invites that safety.
0: Yeah. I've, I've felt a fear of rejection for a lot of my life. And I think knowing that I'm not rejected by a person or a group of people is, and and that's not like a one-time thing for me. It's been like a process of knowing that somebody is not gonna reject me because I tell them this about myself. That is what has, I think, allowed the door for me to be open to, to becoming safe in that way because it's been given to me and it's like, well, once you have that and once you see that that's possible, you wanna be that person for other people too. So I'm so grateful for those people in my life that have been non-judgmental of me, and you're one of those people, Chris, for sure. Well, thank you. The truth is, I'm often
1: judgmental, but I, either am not, sometimes, and that people see, or I am, and and it might be hurtful that I had, particularly with my wife, man, I, I judge her and. And she sees it and it stinks. But my goal is to not be judgmental. My goal is to be equal and equally as in need of a friend and of a savior.
0: Well, and one more, I mean, you brought up the point of marriage and I was thinking about that a lot because like, that's something that I can kind of forget is a version of community as well. Maybe not the exact version that we're talking about in the broader context here, but like people talk about the sanctification of marriage, but just in the same way, there's a sanctification of community and a friendship and all these things. And what's hard about marriage is like, you can't escape from those deeper things in yourself. Uh, They just come out like they wouldn't in other relationships. And it has been such good, healthy, difficult community me in marriage but it's like man i i i want more of that you know i want more of that with my wife and i want more of that with my friends because it is creating it's sanctifying me it's it's like chiseling out kind of all of these things that i didn't even know were in me Mm -hmm. and i think at the end of the day like if if the result of community is that for me then i want more of it yeah maybe one of my final thoughts
1: here is the goal of community is not to not hurt each other. It's not to be perfect or look perfect. In fact, it's almost the opposite. It's the, it's almost to be able to be at the place where you can be who you actually are, which is broken and therefore going to hurt somebody. And yet still being loved and received and forgiven and repentant and keeping that commitment to continue on yeah amen well anything else you think we didn't touch on i mean we probably hit everything that could have been said
0: about community by now yeah yeah definitely um we didn't even scratch the surface (laughs) but it's a good start and i think it's worth the time to think through but also just to live like go out and and, and talk to people, and love people, and just know that community is, it's surprising, in the joys that it can bring, the growth that it can bring, and it's the way that God intended it was, was for us to live in community, so it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joe, for your
1: time today, and um, such a pleasure, and I look forward to our next phone call when we do our micro community and and catch up on our lives
0: let's do it soon man this was fun thanks chris
1: thanks joe if you like what you heard today hit the like button just below then come back by subscribing to our podcast channel for more resources on relational spirituality go to
0: our website at largerstory.com